You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Live from 50th and Capitol Avenue in the Big O. This is Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. 1620thezone.com at 1620thezone TV. Now here's Gary, Nick, and Jimmy. I just got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your First time ever that Creighton beats the number one team, I would have thought Bishop would just lose his mind. And Taylor thought, will be I, back with the totals I, right after this. I thought he would have just been nuclear. First of all, I'm surprised that he was dressed. <laughs> I mean, I thought I thought he would have taken off his black quarter zip and started helicoptering yeah. and then yeah. and then thrown the headsets down when people mobbed the floor. Man, to join them on the air. Johnny Bish, you should be like uh, but good morning, everybody. Uh, awesome scene uh, last night downtown. Uh, just a crazy, crazy day leading up to it. Uh, I walked into the building last night, and I immediately thought, "Cause that place was juiced." That I, I, I will, I will go on record here. That is one of the better athletic environments that I've ever been in. Just like because, all of them? Yeah, just it, it's it's not the best, but it but is one good. of the better environments just from start to finish and like the intensity of the crowd and the entertainment factor. But when I walked in that building last night, uh, like there's no way UConn is winning this game. There's just absolutely no way they're winning because it was juiced up. Like people, people like walking to the game were on yeah. edge. That's the way it needed to be. And the other, the other part of there was no way that UConn was winning last night. It shows you how great college basketball is. First of all, you're not going to find anybody that stops you on the street corner and says, "You know what? I wish we were in the Missouri Valley Conference. I miss, I miss a." Oh, a Tuesday night with Southern Illinois here. You'll Evansville. never, ever hear that. But God bless it, you miss Arch Madness because you can make that drive. But because of because of the Big East, you get opportunities like last night yeah. for Danny Hurley and UConn to roll into town. And they're, you know, they're, they're very, very, uh, shall we say, uppity. A little bit. You know, people live in Connecticut. They can yeah. be a little bit uppity. Certain parts of Connecticut, not all parts of Connecticut are created the same. But walk into the building last night, and I'm like, there's no way that Creighton is losing this game. But last night showed you what a great sport college basketball is. UConn becomes unanimous number one. No doubt. They just destroyed Marquette. Yep. Then they roll into Omaha, and they got destroyed last night. That is what makes college basketball so great. That was an ass-kicking. I know I, do, I know. most times you don't want to hear a radio host at 612 in the morning say the word ass. That was a complete ass-kicking hmm. last night. By Creighton over uh, UConn. It's technical term. And it'll be something that people are, I mean, like like I just said about my experience in the atmosphere, people will be talking about that they were there for a long, long time, and they should. 
I think what he, I think you can use ass kicking when it's appropriate. I don't care what time it is. And that was for the first uh, what five minutes because their kids waking up, Dad. Did they win? It was an ass-kicking, son. Get ready for school. Well, and oh, how would, oh, now, you couldn't have gone to bed. You can't let your kids go to bed and miss out on that. If they're really little. <laughs> Especially if you watch the start of it, and you're like, whoa, yeah. Creighton's up 14? Yeah. When they were when they were down out of the shoot, and you're like, mm, yeah. mm, first five minutes, mm, that's why they play 45, 40 minutes of basketball, son. Yeah, and that that was it was evident, and, and I'll give it um, from the broadcast standpoint, too, everything about it brought the atmosphere home too. I mean, if if you were there, you have a different probably feeling of it. That was one that I always wondered, okay, is the, is the broadcast doing it justice because it looks like this is probably as far as Creighton games, I was bringing up, I know a lot of people talk about the Seton Hall game in the COVID year. I brought the 2014 uh Sunday afternoon game against Villanova and that again, that's where where you know noise had feel, but even Last night, watching the broadcast, you could tell that that's a special atmosphere. The stripe out, by the way, looked great on TV, looked fantastic on TV. But it just we, we talked about you needed to show up to that building with edge. And based on what you're saying there, people were showing up oh, with edge. They were, you know, the students were in line like getting, six, getting free pizza six too. hours before tip off. I mean, it was pretty cool. The, the scene that's. That's the great thing about college sports. Whether you're a Creighton fan, Nebraska fan, you don't, you're not a fan of anything. You're a miserable person. Um, <laughs> like just like all of downtown Omaha yesterday. Uh, first of all, it was a great day. Um, you know, the weather was fantastic. Uh, I got I got a bag out. I, I I took the clubs out and swung them a little bit. Nice, yesterday. nice. Um, and then and then you know like all of downtown was like a buzz. It was that's that's high level basketball. That's why you joined the Big East. And that's why you construct your team to compete with a team like UConn. Now, I still think UConn is going to go a long way in the yeah. month of March. What, what have I been saying for two days? You don't have to beat March UConn. Right. You just have to beat UConn on the 20th of February. And I'm telling you, there was nobody beating Creighton last night. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, here, here's when, because I got into this discussion, uh, you know, as you break down the game after the game is over <laughs> and you're watching... Uh, everybody stormed the floor, and now the new thing is to storm the floor with your phones in the air. Yeah, it, I I have a couple of pictures of like, and and I was sitting uh, up where you know you could watch it kind of in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like everybody runs on the floor, and it was primarily students run on the floor with their phones in the air. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Caitlin Clark, get out of there. Get out of there, Caitlin Clark. You're gonna get hit. <laughs> it's gonna take a three sixty. They did a really good job. Yeah. of uh, protecting the teams. So that they could shake hands and then get off the floor. It did not prevent people from just giving Hurley the business. Mm. There were two ga- There were two things last night that I knew when that game was over. Now remember, it was seven nothing UConn, and they were getting offensive rebounds, yep. and there were live ball turnovers, and you're like, oh, I actually forgot oh, it was seven nothing UConn. Oh, hey, <laughs> they were. You were like, um, okay. They had seven offensive boards in the first like six minutes. Well, and then Klingon picked up his second yep. foul. And they were good. And they were different. It was a bad, bad second foul on a screen. That changed the tone of the game. Now, also consider in the first half, Creighton loses their top score and rebounder to foul trouble for right. what about eight minutes? Yeah. That get two things. I knew that game was over, not just by walking in the building and people are like, hey, this is a big night. Have a beer. I will say this, Creighton fans, when they're happy, boy, they will liquor you up. 
they are not afraid to reach into their pocket and you know, they don't have alligator arms. Like, like the Creighton basketball fan, I love you because you buy drinks. Okay? But the other part of, I knew when it was over, one, when Jason Green hit a three. I'm yeah. like, whoa. You, you have no shot of winning in middle America if Jason Green hits a corner pocket three. And then the other... When Danny Hurley took off his glasses, that's what I said. Yeah. So, first he and he wasn't he when wasn't that, as gong showish last night. He was on the floor, but he and you got his post game comments. He kind of mm-hmm. knew that they were in trouble. Yeah. But when Jason Green hit the three and Danny Hurley took off his glasses, I'm like, start taking calls on the post game show him. now. This game is over. They got him. Yeah. The, the Jason Green emergence was was cool. Um, his and the hustle play too, where he ends up knocking away the uh, the caravan shot. There were just moments in that game where, yeah, whatever UConn attempted to do to come back, it was. You said something, and I I remember thinking the exact same thing last night. Watching this game, you're not beating Creighton last night. Nobody in the country, Creighton in that moment was the best basketball team in the country last night. You're not beating them when you play like that. What the way that they were playing. It was the perfect storm. So that was the very best version of Creighton. I, I, I just can't imagine. Other than maybe Shireman being out there longer, um, I, I can't look at anything about that game for Creighton and say, well, they could have done this a lot better. Because even early on with the offensive rebounding that UConn had, where it looked a little... Again, just very early in the game as Creighton was starting to settle in. That's that's what I'd maybe refer to it more as. You just never saw any moment in that game where, I mean, even there was twice, I think, where UConn was able to get within 14. Then all of a sudden you get to the 10 at the four, and that was the big thing that Hurley was talking about when they had him mic'd up is, you know, get it to 10 by the four-minute media. And they were able to do that with, you know, like four and a half. And at that point, it got a little... When it was 74-64. Yeah. That building got kind of weird, it, it, because, and I don't blame it because it felt like they were starting to sleep slip away because mm-hmm. they were starting to. Well, Newton, who, dude, he yeah. he's gonna have a game in March where he just flat out takes over, mm-hmm. uh, like he did kind of last night, but he had no help. But when it's seventy four sixty four, it's like okay, they're putting all of a sudden Kalkbrenner in precarious position. Trey Alexander's got foul trouble. This is UConn, mm-hmm. but. Creighton never backed down. Always had the answer. Yeah, they always, you know, like that even, was the even, thing. Even coming out of the locker room, I'll tell you a big moment in that game. So they're up fourteen mm-hmm. at halftime, and they're like, "Whoa, they're gonna blow the number one team in the country out of here." But UConn's got a run coming. When is it yes, coming? Yes. The and 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 it, and it did get you know it got a little bit into a tension convention, and then Creighton hit the X button, and 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 UConn hit the wall. Yeah. I mean, there was no way they were coming all the way back. But I thought a, a, another key moment in the shifting last night where it was like, yeah, UConn, you have no shot. And again, Hurley Hurley was the anti-Rick Pitino on the postgame last night. He took full responsibility mm-hmm. that they were not prepared. They got outcoached. They got outplayed. He said one thing, though, that they, 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 they didn't expect it. Well, come on. Yeah. Come on. Look who you're playing. Okay, you expect that Creighton was just going to be like they were in stores. But I thought another key moment in the game was right out of halftime is Creighton missed their first shot. And it's it's still only a fourteen point game. There's twenty yeah. minutes to go. You're still playing UConn. They got Klingon back on the floor with his two fouls. But then they hit the next five shots, yep. and that was like solidify of okay, get your phone ready because you're going to be storming the court. 
Yeah. Just, Creighton, Creighton had an answer for everything last night, Nick. And 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 people will look at the offensive number. I'll tell you, they put on a clinic defensively. Yes. They never let UConn get downhill. They also did a great job of fighting over screens. Yep. And and Kalkbrenner didn't get caught out of position. So defensively, they were on point the entire night against UConn. UConn, and I would I have to go back and watch the game on the on the TV copy. I don't know how many times a UConn player got an like like a true clean look to hit a bucket. Yeah, no, you're right, and I know a lot is going to be talked about Stephen Ashworth with what he did offensively. Defensively, he was yeah. he was just fun to watch, and for every shot that he was hitting, it was almost like it just kind of energizes defense. If you watched him on the other side, he's just chasing Cam Spencer all over the place. The other part, this is, and I'll go back to the defensive part of it too. When Creighton really kind of got the lid off the rim, so to speak, and I want to say Ashworth had a point-blank three, it goes in and out. Then Trey puts up a shot. Actually, it might not have been Trey, but they get an offensive rebound, kick it out to Trey. Trey puts up a three. It kind of goes in, out, in. Very next sequence, you get a huge block by Ryan Kalkbrenner that gets him back into transition, and all of a sudden – the offense was going. All of a sudden, Creighton was kind of in rhythm. And then that's when you just saw she saw an onslaught. And it was at that point, too, in that little sequence that I'm describing, UConn was making shots, too. So then you were kind of in a situation where you were trading baskets, but Creighton never missed. And it was UConn who blinked, where then all of a sudden Creighton's getting kills and you have those consecutive defensive stops and Creighton is continuing to make shots. And that's where you saw that lead just blow up but that was a moment and, and on the broadcast it sounded like the place went nuts you knock down a big shot then you come down Kalkbrenner hit, gets a huge block yeah. leads in transition and all of a sudden the offense they were in rhythm yeah. at that point and they never stopped yeah you're right Ashworth's defense on Spencer we talked about that yesterday I said I think Creighton's big three can match up with the other big three but what do they do on Spencer and Caravan mm-hmm. and Ashworth of course was dealing shooting the basketball but his defense was really good I, again Creighton the story to me is Creighton's defense because they also didn't give, excuse me, UConn open looks. They ran Caravan and Spencer yeah. off the three-point line. It, the, the if there is a a weakness for for Connecticut, and and one game is going to change my opinion. That's a that's a really really good basketball team that Creighton beat, and Creighton is a really really good basketball team. But three-point defense, they're seventy-second in the country. I mean, there aren't many weaknesses on this UConn team. Yeah. Last night they got outscored forty-two to nine behind the arc. 42 to 9. You can't walk into Omaha against a team that sometimes lives and dies with the three and get outscored that badly. Right. But on the defensive side, Crane did a great job of running those guys off. And then another part of last night that was different from the game in stores. And, and also keep in mind that game in stores, when there were some guys on Creighton's roster that night that said, one, two, three, Cancun, is <laughs> that might have been Ashworth's coming out party. Because yep. the guy busted his balls for the entire game. And then last night, he was on a heater. The other, the other thing that UConn experienced last night that a lot of teams that come into that building do against Creighton, the way they're built offensively, is when Creighton gets on a heater at home, it seems like every single time it happens quick. So in the first half, you know, it's 19-18. Both teams are still trying to feel yeah, each other yeah. out. Klingon is on the bench with two fouls. And then, boom, it happens quick. And I thought that also caught UConn off guard. It was... For 40 minutes of basketball, well, I'll give you 30, 36 minutes of basketball last night. Uh, Creighton was about as good as can imagine. And it was a, it was a great scene. Didn't rush the floor. Uh, Damn did, you. Did, well, 
Thought about it, didn't you? It, we would have had it gone down. You know, we're like oh, okay. 16 rows up. Um, but I did watch it from afar. Old man Doug has already sent us a picture. He stormed the floor. Uh, I would have been in blue. <laughs> oh, man, Doug. Uh, I, got, I got some crap. So my buddy, Navy Blue, who I went to the game with, He's like the ultimate Jasker family. Yeah, uh, he went to Creighton. His wife went to well, his wife went to UNO. He's got a son that's at Nebraska. He's got a daughter that is in her last semester at Creighton. So they're like the ultimate Jasker family. And he heard me on the radio yesterday saying, "Well, I'm going to wear black." And he sent me a screenshot of his section, and he goes, "We're a blue section." <laughs> he goes, "When I see you at six, you better be wearing blue." Damn. So yeah, I wore a Chicago Cubs three quarters zip. Repping your team's colors. I was in blue. It was okay. baseball weather. You're just yeah. excited for yeah. baseball. I, I I got probably the same kind of looks from the guy that was in front of me that was wearing the Kemba Walker jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I did see like in some of the striped areas, you know, you would have uh, you know a blue spot speckled in there. Or the I was blue, looking in for a blue, black. you'd have a white one speckled in. I think I saw someone still wearing uh, something from the pink out game too, because you know pink stands out yeah. too. But it, I mean, from the broadcast, and I don't know because um, I've you know been. At those games, when you have the stripe out and you're kind of looking across the way you can see it, that's the one thing about some of the different uh, camera angles, especially there towards the end. And I saw uh, uh, Brad Williams put a really cool photo of sort of the panoramic, not only of the stripe out, but of the actual uh, storming of the floor. So you still, it looked like nobody really left. That was cool. Like everybody was still kind of, it looked like they were still kind of in their seats, at least based on the stripe area when they initially stormed. A little inside here. At uh, 12.30 this morning, there were still quite a few people that were outside of the chai. It was a nice night, too. Um, you say 12.30, and you know this by personal experience? what I tell you? Yeah. Creighton basketball fans, when they're happy, <laughs> they will liquor you up. <laughs> for you. Good for you. You know what? You mentioned something that was a key element, though. I, do not discourage the spirit and the mood that everybody came in. Now, they would have done it regardless but the weather did help the weather absolutely helped as helped far as my mood getting that getting in there people excited getting down there early getting lubed up early because i'm sure there was probably a couple of patios that were open yesterday as well before the game yeah, so let it fly was packed before I and bet. afterwards i'm sure yeah i'm sure the capital district area Those like 25 beers tasted really good <laughs> when you don't pay for them yeah, especially when you don't have to pay for them that's right when you don't get that tab you're like oh no he's got it that's that's nice but yeah I think you just you had a perfect storm, and it was great to see Creighton be able to just sort of feed off the the entire. I mean, it was an event, but the entire thing last night because you 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 put that much emotion into a game like that. I mean, think about it. If it was like reversed, if that thing was you know, all of a sudden that the stripes are breaking up by the second half because UConn is doing that to Creighton, like that was unbelievable to see. That type of not only run, and you're right, a run, but also to see like UConn when they tried to orchestrate their own run to to look at times offensively so dysfunctional because of what Creighton was able to do, and they you could tell they had that sense of urgency, they had that desperation mm-hmm. in the second half, shot selection, um, you know, the quicknesses to when they were putting shots up when there was still plenty of time left in the game, like just kind of getting out of who they are. I mean that's a that's a testament and give Danny Hurley credit. He he pretty much said as much after the game. Like that wasn't a 
just going to co- totally blast his team or anything. He said it had a lot to do with what they did. And we'll, we'll look at film. We'll see some things that we didn't like that we did, but it has a lot to do with what I'll they did. I'll tell you did. what, when he when his head hit the pillow this morning in stores, uh, he one area he's got to be very uncomfortable with is they got beat on a lot of 50-50 balls. Mm-hmm. I mean, they there, there were tap outs. Like Jason Green had a great tap out uh, to keep a possession alive. And... UConn had nobody near the loose ball. I mean, it was it was up for grabs. Yeah. But Creighton won all of the 50-50 balls that appeared uh, last night. Again, it, Creighton wasn't losing last night. Nope. That was, it was just, uh, were they going to win by 19? No, no one expected that. But they were not losing that uh, basketball game. And now, you know, a month out from Selection Sunday and a month from when it gets nut-cutting time, uh, we'll see what this does. I, I, I still have faith in UConn. I mean, I, I, UConn's a really, really good basketball team that ran into a buzzsaw last night and couldn't do their stupid tweet of corn <laughs> and winning in Omaha. Instead, Harvesting a win. Instead, Omaha did. It was or uh, Creighton did. That was great. Oh. So I, it's that was a high-level basketball game. That was fun. You know what? What has been fun is that two number one teams are coming to Nebraska and lost. Yep. Now, the Purdue-Nebraska game was different because that was completely unexpected. What did I say yesterday? I got the vibe around town that people think Creighton's going to win. Yep. And 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 there's no denying that. So it was a it was a juiced up place. But you're like, we're going to win this game. The Nebraska Purdue game was like, whoa, is Nebraska going to win this game? Yeah. So it was a completely yeah. different vibe. But the end result was the same: is that we ended up on the floor. And now in the state, two number one teams have come in here, and they both have beaten have been beaten handily. Not like a last second shot right. where you go, oh dang! Purdue got blown out. UConn got blown out. Yeah, volleyball people, step aside for just a moment. <laughs> we are a basketball state. Thank you. That was the the feeling of the Nebraska Purdue game. I remember of okay, when's the other shoe going to fall? Like this, it can't be uh, I, as close to dominant as Nebraska's going to be against Purdue as it was. You're like, my gosh, like. Yeah. They have every answer to anything that Purdue's trying to do. Like it, this is almost too good to be true. What is going to happen? And before you knew it, you get inside that that final media timeout, and it's still looking like a double digit lead. You're still looking like, man, this is going to happen. I think at that point, you could you're starting to feel it. But last night, and you brought up, I think what was the, the most key of this game is the way Creighton came out in the second half because if. UConn is able to, okay, we just took your best shot, we regrouped, and now we're still UConn, and they come out, they go on their run. Then all of a sudden, okay, that was fun while it lasted, but I would say by the 15-minute mark of the game, you knew now <laughs> when it got to 10. I'm telling you, when it, was when se- it did get when to 10. Was, when it was 74-64, it was like, mm, what do we do now? Yeah, and, and, that's, and that, that is that time. But then, but then, but then it, it got, it got uh, what it went? 15 right away yeah and, and, then, and then you knew it was over and that's and that's the respect that people are going to have for UConn but I think when you're continuing to have every answer and there was a moment where Baylor Shireman UConn had chipped out it all the way down to 14 Shireman had been trying to find a shot the entire time and all of a sudden he just handles the basketball kind of goes on a little curl and gets an and one and all of a sudden was 14 is now 16 then a 17 point lead so there were just those little moments where they were able to extend and give you breathing room. So I think at, at one point, probably early in the second half, you're thinking, I mean, Crane's going to win this. The question is by how much. Yeah, they just kept punching. That's the thing. Everybody throws a punch, 
Like, that's what Nebraska has to do tonight against Indiana and Bloomington. Because uh, Indiana's really not really interested in Nebraska right now. They're talking about themselves. Is you got to throw a punch. Now, everybody tries to throw a knockout punch. And sometimes you throw that knockout punch in the opening round, or you save it up and you throw it like in the seventh or eighth round. Mm-hmm. The thing last night is Creighton just kept punching. That's and and UConn UConn knew that Creighton would throw a punch, and they would throw a punch early. Yeah. But then they would be able to take the eight count and then get right back into the fight. Yep. Creighton just kept punching last night, and that was, you know what, you need to do that when you get to be playing basketball next month. Is everybody's got that first punch, and then who keeps punching? And yeah. last night, Creighton kept punching, and I think that caught UConn off guard. I don't think UConn was ready for the total 35-plus minutes of, of an onslaught. I think they thought, okay, we'll weather a storm, and we'll be fine. Even 14 at halftime. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be okay because yes. we'll come out, we'll hit some quick buckets. Yep. We'll force Mac to take a timeout before the first media timeout. We'll be back into this game, and Creighton never let up. I mean, that's a, that's a sign of a really, really good basketball team and a very mature basketball team that now I think – I'm not worrying about what their performance in New York on Sunday will be against St. John's. They're a mature basketball team that will deal with winning this game mm-hmm. accordingly. All right, welcome in, everybody. Off and running on a uh, Wednesday morning after uh, Creighton wins for the first time ever against a number one team, and they uh, storm the floor at the Chai with their phones in the air. Throw your hands up with your phones in the air. <laughs> Nobody got hurt. That's good. Yeah. That was the first thing I was watching is what, seeing the, the the rope come by. Protect on, Glenn Gordy. On the sideline. <laughs> yep. Um, Raftery was a little, he was a little concerned. He, he wanted to make sure oh, that really? everybody. Yeah, he was a little concerned when uh, you could start seeing the students cascading down to get close before the final buzzer. And he's like, oh, if I'm, if I'm UConn, you just, you, you just get out of there. You, know, just, you, you don't, you don't want to. And then he, he brought up something that he must have been listening to our show yesterday. Yeah. He, he brought up that. Uh, Stop by. Did you see what happened at the Texas a and Corpus Christi game? And he, go, he goes, they, we just need to get rid of the handshake line. He goes, let the coaches do it. We just need to get rid of the handshake line. There's just there's no reason for it anymore. So, see, yeah. there's a good compromise. We'll get with the coaches shaking hands. Well, and we said that Players yesterday. Go to locker. said that yesterday. Yeah, coaches, I mean, they're adults. I mean, even in the most heated moments, maybe not Juwan, but in the most heated moments, you're – you can be cordial with each other, and like you said, if if you have like maybe a buddy you play ball with, or you know you've you play in the AAU circuit with, is you're playing against them. Yeah, yeah you can. You got a little moment to maybe go over there and give an embrace, but to to require every player to do that, it, it was it was on it was on Raf's mind too. So that's good. You know, another part of where I thought, well, Creighton's not going to lose this game. So the place is juiced up before the game. Uh, everything that UConn did, they got booed. Hurley comes out like a minute before. They announced the starting lineups, and people are all over him. So they had a little technical mishap with the national anthem, and they played a recorded version. Oh! But the crowd sang the anthem. I am now there. There, we we are kind of lucky. Like you go to a lot of different sporting events in this town, and uh, there are some really really good people that sing the national anthem, become familiar faces. Yeah. Whether at the College World Series, UNO, Creighton, or Nebraska, and they do a great job. You, you you see this a little bit more in hockey because hockey broadcasts tend to show the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And there are some anthem singers that are well-known in the NHL that will start the anthem and then let the fans take over. You see this a lot with O Canada. Last night, fans, started, fans loudly sang the national anthem. I think we need more of that. That's cool. I think we need Omaha just the PA America. guy to go, and now our national anthem. 
give them give them the, the you know the little the music yeah. and let fans sing it because that was really cool last night. There were just so many things about last night that made like those kind of events special and college basketball. UConn unanimous number one juggernaut, scary good, mm-hmm. and got crushed yep. last night in their first game after being number one. And they'll wake up today, and they're still along with you know Houston. Best team in the country. Yep, might uh, be the best thing to happen to him too. All right, uh, let me give you the lineup for uh, the lineup brought to you by the referees of John Higgins Weather Guard. Matt DeMarinas, who I think Did just left the chai. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. He tweeted oh, out yeah. a picture of him and Padilla leaving like at four this morning. Oh wow, good lord! By then, people had probably cleared out. I, I hope bars. so. Uh, I hope people left. Damn. By now. I don't know if he'll be awake. So they left as I woke up. Uh, so he's scheduled to join us at uh, 8 from uh, White uh, Blue Review. Like I said, scheduled. Hey, thank God uh, Dee Marinas was up in the hockey press box. Man, he would have been throwing knuckles if he was gotten like mowed under or sitting there <laughs> courtside. Uh, uh, also, uh, Brandon Vogel will join us a little bit later. That's the uh, lineup brought to you by the roof freezer, John Higgins. Uh, weather guard, uh, Damien wants to be first in this morning. Good morning, Damien. Welcome to the show. Good morning, fellas. On my way home from work, trying to get some sleep from the game. Nice, nice. So uh, I got some questions. Like I said, I went straight. Well, I went straight to work right after the game. God bless you, my man. So uh, yeah, I barely made it. I'm gonna tell you that. <laughs> and how you gonna go to the game in a Cubs jacket, man? Hey, I I don't have I don't have anything else that is blue. I guess, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I got a couple comments and, and just a couple questions for y'all real quick. Um, the national anthem thing. One, I think that was a uh, like y'all ain't about to hold up this game. We about to sing it and y'all gonna keep going real quick because the guy who was supposed to be doing it, he looked kind of confused until we started singing, and then he looked kind of upset. <laughs> Taking yeah, my thunder. Yeah, you know what? You're right. He did. Yeah. I hope they. I hope there's an opening to have him back. You know, they got only got a couple home games left. Um, yeah, that was just unfortunate because I don't, you know, I don't think it was his fault. Yeah. Uh, the other thing was the only time I got worried about us actually losing the game. Correct me if I'm wrong. At like we the the 69 point mark for the Jays, mm-hmm. it seemed like we were stuck at that number yeah. for like four minutes. It seemed every time I looked up at the scoreboard, we were still stuck at and. It seemed like UConn was trying to make their run at that point. I was down about the only time I was really kind of worried. Yeah, Damien, they um, hit a field goal drought, uh, it, and it's right around that that time you mentioned. It was short-lived, but it was at least – I mean, it felt like forever considering what Creighton had done all night, and I think they got to the free throw line a couple of times, but you're right, as far as a field goal drought, it was right around that time. Um, my other thing was, did you happen to catch um, Hurley – I guess he got upset about a call, and he got so upset he actually like grabbed one of his coaches to hold him back. Ah, uh, I remember on the, the sideline. I remember a on, player checking in, and then kind of there was this weird like he almost kind of like it, it looked like he was about ready to like go over Hurley's shoulders, but yeah, I, I didn't remember him like you know holding what? back. I, I mean, well, he, I, he, I thought the guy maybe he was maybe he was Hurley was holding him back, but I thought he was holding Hurley back. <laughs> yeah, uh, might have been, oh, man. or at least Hurley yeah. wanted him to. I, I, you know what? Uh, and I and I know this is probably from the perspective of uh, of Creighton winning, but I thought it was a well officiated game last night. Okay, what about the chant directed toward Hurley? 
Oh, from the fans? From the student section. You didn't catch that one? Well, I, I, I heard them when, they, when UConn first came out to warm up. No, 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 no. During the game, there was a Pacific F. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His I know what he's talking about. Yeah. His whole name. And I was wondering, could we have gotten a technical for that? No. No? No. no. Okay. Okay. That's it. Oh, yeah. and my other last thing was I was getting kind of happy. I thought Fred might have earned some chances. And yeah. we went to a timeout, and he didn't go back in. Yeah, you know what? He is uh, He's battling a knee injury right now. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, he's got some knee soreness. Okay. I was worried because last time we seen him, he got dunked on it, and we haven't seen him since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, I think, you know, you know the other th- part of it, Damien, and they, you're going to see a lot more of Jason Green. If, if the matchup, I, if hey, matchups I, play I out, no problem with that. Yeah, either. if matchups play That's out, that. Jason Green's going to yeah. play a lot more. When he when he was when he was off the bench that early, I'm like, okay, they see something here in a matchup. And man, when he had a three, like I said earlier, that game was over. Yeah, if Jason Green hits a three on you, you're not winning in Omaha. Hey, but that other play when he did he have a turnover? Or he he fell down. Is that right in front of the UConn bench? And, and and still got the block. Yeah, block Carabin. Yeah, shooting the three. Yeah. yeah. Now that that impressed me there. Yeah. yeah. I want to say he made some kind of mistake and hustled his butt down there and got that block. Yep. And coach was even happy for him for doing that. Yeah. Yep. Damian, thanks for the call. No problem, fellas. Uh, he, they when they needed bench uh, production early on, him and Farabello yeah. gave him uh, I gave him points. I got eight points on about three shots in about ten minutes early in the first half. I mean, the bench, you know, not super deep, but Green and Farabello gave them a uh, a boost. On a night where they just beat the number one team in the country, and I don't think we're talking, we're not going to talk much about Shireman, who had a rare right. off night, you know, didn't help that we got into foul trouble. Um, but they just, Ashworth was a story. That's the biggest story to me of last night. And then Jason Green is the second biggest story in terms of individuals. Yeah. that contributed to Creighton's win. Real and, and quickly, then, on, and then you throw in Trey hitting his middies and Kalkbrenner yeah. doing Kalkbrenner things. The, the Frederick Kring thing, by the way, I thought actually, I, I don't know how much Mac was going to use him, but they remember they had that moment where they got a dead ball with like twelve oh one in the first half, and he saw that as an opportunity. Hey, we're, we're going to give Kalkbrenner as minimal of a rest as we can because he's coming right back in at the, at the under twelve media. So he comes in. I, I think it, I think it lasted it, maybe its entirety, no more than ten seconds. And then you get right back to the media timeout. Kalkbrenner's right back in. So you, you gave him just a little bit of a rest, which was good strategy there. Uh, speaking of knees, keep your eye on Donovan Klingon. He was not moving well in the second half. Like his, he was he was fighting it a little bit. I don't know what happened if he kind of tweaked something, but uh, you saw it a little bit in the, at the towards the end of the first half where he was kind of moving. He was wincing a little bit there right around the 10-minute, eight-minute mark of the second half, too, and you could kind of noticeably tell. He should he was, be win- you know where he should be wincing? His second foul that sent him to the bench and changed the momentum in that game yeah. is was such a uh, – just a – for a guy that's, you know, didn't just show up to play college basketball on that screen, what was it? That was a dumb foul mm-hmm. for him. And, and when he went out of the game, it, it, a lot of that changed. I, I know I know later – Creighton had some foul trouble in the first half, but when Klingon left the game, remember it was seven nothing. 
It was 7-0 to begin that game, and Klingon was very, very active early on. Mm-hmm. But he got the two fouls, and boom, he was on the bench. That mood changed because he was not on the floor. Yep. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll get to uh, all the calls you want to talk this morning. We will do that as Creighton wins last night over uh, UConn. First win over a number one team. Two number one teams come into Nebraska, and they lose. Purdue and UConn. We don't seem right that they play now for the national championship. Nope. And the whole game is people talking about, hey, they lost to Nebraska and Creighton. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Nebraska-Indiana tonight at Assembly Hall, 7.30. Can tonight be the night? Uh, Can tonight be the night? We will uh, We will see. Uh, also, uh, yesterday, there was some news in the college football playoff world. And uh, a great night of college basketball. You know what? I am now convinced that we should always storm the court after wins, regardless of who you're rooting for. Texas Tech beat an unranked TCU, stormed the court last night. (laughs) It's just expected now. It is. It's just easier to get out of the building. I think It it felt good. I think if you're at a game and you run on the floor, because we're going to start seeing high school teams are punching their ticket to state tournaments on both sides of the river, so their students are running on the floor. I think every win now you should just run on the floor. Okay, and if someone stops you, you say, well, I thought this was what we do. Yep. It, it, yeah. it, we're in the time of the year friends. where there's no such thing as a, as yeah. a uh, insignificant win. So it's a significant win. We're All right, 951-1620, 42-degree source hotline. You want to get in, uh, discuss last night, all the different angles to uh, what a night. An awesome scene uh, downtown for uh, Creighton knocking off number one UConn. It's Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.